Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today we are podcasting with the playtesters. So I have Brittany, Eric, and Kristen. Thanks, you guys, for joining. Thanks for having us. Awesome. And today we are going to talk all about being prepared for matches, whether it's tournament play, league play. We've got two Ulta players with us all the way from Atlanta. And then Britt has played every tournament under the sun. So, and uh, I think we've got a good little crew of people to talk about the best way to be prepared for matches, what to do when something goes wrong, what to do, you know, all of the things. So first things first, I was just kind of going to go around and ask, I know, especially in Atlanta, you guys, I think are playing leagues right now. So what's your current schedule like with your league play? Yeah, I mean, I feel we're really fortunate to live in a place that has so many different leagues. So you have a lot of different options. There's team leagues. So we have Alto, which is all doubles and it switches off every season. So you have mixed doubles and then the next season is women's and men's and then it goes back to mixed. Um, and then you have USTA teams, and then we have a bunch of different flex leagues. So you have a little bit more, you just have to play a, a match within a certain time frame, but you have a little bit, bit more flexibility of when you schedule that match. And then there's also ladder leagues, so you can just play as many matches as you want and just get a lot of match play practice in. So there's a whole Dang. lot of tennis going on here. So about how many times a week are you competing? For me, it will vary. So it depends. Like, typically, if I have like an ultimate match, I'll have like an ultimate match and then like an ultimate tennis match, which is like the flex league. So two times a week, I try to play a little more than that. Like, if I'm going to go play a tournament. So it kind of varies. I'm trying to bump my match schedule up. Nice. <laughs> so, we'll yeah. yeah. Once I started figuring out all the leagues, I went full in and I signed up for every single one and I kind of overdid it and I got an injury. So I've been starting to cut it down a little bit, but I'm playing. Uh, yeah. So Alta once a week right now, as I'm still recovering from my injury. Um, and then I've signed up for a ladder league and USTA as well. <laughs> so <Dang>. once, <laughs> once I get back into it, it'll probably be like two matches a week. Nice. And then Brittany and I are in California where things are not open as fast. And also, ironically, San Luis Obispo is not necessarily a huge tennis community because it's actually a smaller town. So we do not play in leagues, but we do have a pretty serious Friday doubles match almost every Friday. Oh, yeah. Friday doubles league. Singles or doubles? Doubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, we've stepped it up. So Sweet. <laughs> there's always uh, several local tournaments we'll play. There's one bigger tournament down in Santa Maria we'll play. So we always try to get in a couple of tournaments a year, mostly now for me, it's doubles. I think Michelle too. Yeah. <laughs> My body can't handle more than one or two, uh, events but it's always fun to compete. Yeah, it is always fun to compete. And maybe that's uh, somewhere we can start is a lot of players out there haven't been competing as much as they would in a normal year. So I wanted to talk to you guys first about how to show up to a match mentally prepared, even if you aren't match prepared. So do you guys have any advice? Britt, I'll start with you. 
let's say you're going into a big tournament, but you haven't been able to play a tournament in six months. Hopefully you've gotten some practice matches in, but what are some of your tips and tricks to show up as prepared as possible mentally and, and physically, I guess? Yeah. Well, I guess it starts maybe the week or two before I, you know, make sure I'm getting, depending if I'm playing singles or doubles, I'm getting a couple practice sets in for sure, because there's nothing like replica. You can practice your forehand all you want, but when it comes to a match, you never know what's going to happen. So a couple of practice sets, some good practice sessions in. And I always like to have one good practice session the day before um, a tournament. Um, I always laugh sometimes. Sometimes it's not the best. And I don't know if it's the nerves, but I always like to say if it's not the best, I always end up having a great match the next day. So for whatever reason, you know, if you're not having a good warm up the day before, don't fret about it. Like it happens to everybody. So I get a good warm up of all the strokes. Um, and especially if you're playing doubles, maybe a little bit more doubles specific, more like reflex volleys or serve and volley warm up. Um, and then I think really for me, I'm, I'm a preparer. <laughs> I, I make sure everything is ready the night before. Um, I'm sure we'll probably go into that more detail, yeah. but um, <laughs> mentally like looking at a draw or something, I don't really look at a draw. Like I will look at the time of my first match and maybe my second match, but I'm not dwelling on an op opponent or how they're playing or if they're seated. That just all I feel like gets in your head. And so like, I really just focus on my game and, you know, if I'm practicing or my game plan, really what is going to be going into the tournament. Nice. Eric, do you have any tips or tricks to add on? Yeah, um, so typically, like for a match situation, um, mentally going into it, I typically will focus on like pressure, sorry, pressure situations. So like if I'm in a certain situation, like down match point or down set point or whatever, like I'll really focus in on that situation and focus on like how I'm going to handle it, right? So that's a big thing for me, especially because I don't know. I feel like I'm always like that guy who gets down like the first set <laughs> and then like starts to find his rhythm. So for me, it's just really important to focus on like pressure situations and um, really just focus on what I can control during that moment. So, yeah. And then I try not to get too focused on like the result because that is just a losing situation for me every <laughs> single time. <laughs> like no doubt. <laughs> so typically I'll just try to focus in on you know, what I can control. And like I said, like, uh, pre just prepare myself as much as possible mentally. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I like to do that too. Kristen, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, same with Brit, um, getting on court as much as you can, just to find your rhythm and, and get in that groove, feel comfortable on court, um, maybe off court fitness as well. I like to hit the gym, do some bike, do some weights. Um, I also like to watch a lot of tennis. So if I haven't had a chance to really compete, I love watching matches and just kind of seeing how the pros do it, look at patterns, just, I don't know. I, I feel like watching tennis, if you can do it in person, it's always great. But even watching on TV, I always feel like that helps me out when I then Getting go step inspired. on court. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to kind of add on to a little bit what Eric said. There's a drill that I used to do when I was younger to simulate some pressure and you would play out sets. And if you ever had game point and you didn't win it, you would go down to zero. And so like, like, let's say I'm serving and it's 40, 15. And if I don't convert, then it's love 15 on the next point. So like, I like to do nice. a lot of like mind games like that. Cause I'm like very similar 
in that way. Like Eric, I need all of the like yeah. mental situations. That's a good idea. Right? Eric, we're doing that next time. I'm, yeah, <laughs> next I'm practice. definitely gonna do that. That sounds yeah. awesome. It's cool. Yeah. And then like it's kind of frustrating, but like then you also kind of, I don't know. You could probably vary it a few different ways. And then like there's always like you play with one serve or you know, stuff like that. Perfect. You guys, do you guys have any <laughs> drills like that that really kind of like change your mindset when you're practicing? Similar as um, if you're a server or is it your server, or your, yeah, you start up thirty love. Oh yeah. So you know it it kind of gets you in the mindset of you're serving. You're the you know you're the aggressive one, mm-hmm. and so you you play the set starting at thirty love, or you play the set starting at two all. It's kind of crazy how just being a little bit different in the scoring kind of changes your mindset and really focuses. So yeah, yeah those would be the two I thought of. I'm writing these all down. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> we'll have to record yeah. some weekly drill videos with these. <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, back in college, we used to um, play this like doubles drill where, or a double set where we were like up a break. So if you're up a break and you're serving like eight, seven up a break match point, or match, like game to serve out for the match and close, mm-hmm. we would always play that. And that's a really, I mean, it's amazing how many times people will like choke under pressure in that situation. <laughs> so it's really good to, good to focus on. Yeah. That's a good drill too. Practice you know? it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there's also something to be said for practice sets. Um, I learned that mm-hmm. as a junior, as I'm sure you guys did as well. It's like, play as many sets as possible going into a tournament, even if it's against someone that you normally would beat 6-0, or they would beat you 6-0, 6-0. Like any time that you're playing a set is such a good experience for that like adrenaline and pressure and all that. hundred percent. Yeah. Like in juniors, I remember in the summer, I would literally play matches like five times a week, <laughs> like every single day, pretty much. And then I go to and do yeah. a tournament. And I had yeah. to do it. <laughs> it just wasn't going to work. <laughs> so, and it's amazing. I mean, it helps like calm the nerves, like mentally during a tournament. It's like, wow, like I'm actually. <laughs> I don't That's what's so great about. about the flex leagues here. Cause it just gives you practice, match practice for when you have like the Alta and the team matches where you have a little bit more pressure, then you feel a little bit more prepared. So, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, let's talk about warm up routines. Um, I kind of wanted to hear if you guys are going into a tournament. Let's say, like at least in California, normal tournaments start at eight a.m. You're usually, if you're playing singles and doubles, there's a chance you're playing four matches a day. You're there all day. It's a whole, <laughs> whole affair. So, if you are playing at eight a.m., what does your routine look like? And if you don't have someone to warm up with, what does your routine look like? Britt, you want to start us out? I got it. Well, my routine would start the night before, um, depending. Well, it's always good, but hydrating. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in Palm Springs, so hydrating is one of the biggest things. Even a couple of days before, I'm trying to get a little bit more water in, um, having a good meal the night before, and then I know this seems common sense, but getting good sleep, not too much sleep though, like maybe your average, you know, eight hours or whatever you typically get, try to stay in that routine. I also like to prep my bag the night before, make sure, you know, everything is ready to go. My rackets and strings, I have extra of everything. And then um, in the morning, I don't like to feel rushed. So I make sure I have plenty of time to get up, you know, have a small breakfast, especially at eight, you know, if you're 8 a.m., 
you do kind of want to get a a little bit of breakfast in early, Mm -hmm. um, not too heavy of a breakfast, but enough to, and now some people don't eat breakfast. So if you don't typically a breakfast eater, then I would say stick with your same schedule. But, (laughs) um, and then as far as warm ups, I like to get to the tournament at least an hour before, um, you know, get settled in again. I'm not, I don't like feeling rushed. So I like to feel get there acclimated. I always see if there's um, courts available for practice. I, if I know ahead of time there's not going to be, and I know someone in the draw, I will always try to set up a hit or a practice either maybe at some courts nearby, or um, hopefully there's at least a wall if you don't have anyone by your, um, anyone to hit with. And then I like to get like a 30 minute good warm up in of just all your strokes, you know, forehands, backhand serves, every, returns, volleys, anything you need to get warmed up. And then if I don't have a partner or even a wall to hit with, um, my go-to is a jump rope. Mm. Um, I know some people feel a little silly, you know, jumping rope in front of everyone, but just go find a little corner by yourself, you know, get a little jogging, get a little jump roping, just get the blood pumping for me. It's kind of how I, uh, how I like to start <laughs> to get ready for a match at, especially at 8am. And I'm <laughs> yeah. a morning person. So now I'm like thinking about like, is 8am too aggressive? Do they actually start at nine? I can't remember. Oh, no. <laughs> I've had 8am. Okay. I was going to say there's for mm-hmm. sure 8am. Um, yeah. yes, those are all amazing. Yes. Great tips. And mm-hmm. I like how you said, don't stray from your routine, like stick with what, you know, <laughs> don't eat like change. a massive new meal that you've never had before the night before. You know? Yeah. Stick with your your basics and or try a new coffee the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could be bad. (laughs) Very bad. Uh, Eric, what about you? Um, Let's see. So, like warming up, going into a tournament the morning of. Typically, I'll get there about. I'll try to get there an hour early um, if I know I'm going to hit with someone. But if I'm not going to hit with someone, I'll just go there like 30 minutes early and kind of just if I can like watch people hit and kind of watch like matches, if matches are going on, <laughs> I, although I guess it's 8 a.m. So probably not <laughs> anyway, anyway, but, <laughs> but you know, so just like get in the zone and kind of get settled as Brittany said. And then I actually like to do like shadow swings. So I'll like say my racket out and just swing like as hard as I can and like try to get like that aggressive mindset so I can really like get into the tournament like swinging for the fences and not be all like, Oh no, like don't hit the ball. <laughs> or like I'm worried to hit the ball, you know, like I gotta, I gotta just go for it. So, um, and then I'll also kind of try to like stretch a little, you know, like some dynamics or something like that. Um, and then I will like try to, sometimes I'll just try to like get myself exhausted. Like I know it sounds kind of weird, but <laughs> like I'll just run like, you know, run a couple sprints or, whatever. Um, so my mind is just mm-hmm. like, I just relax myself and then yeah. I'm like, okay, like hydrate and then have like a banana, like don't overdo it. But at the same time, like you can get yourself exhausted and warmed up <laughs> and, it, and you'll be amazed like how much it helps you like at the beginning of a match. So, yeah. I like that. Cause I'm someone who's like brains like, <laughs> yeah, I just keep on going. I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Yeah. Like, it's like, just relax. go run some sprints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, Kristen, what about you? And also I did want to hit on the coffee because I think you and I are the only serious coffee <laughs> yeah. drinkers here. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I think everyone has already covered 
the basics of Thar's bake prep and food prep, staying on your schedule, sleep, trying to get there early. But yes, if the match is in the morning, I'm definitely going to have my morning coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that is a must. Um, the only other thing I would add is once I've, you know, checked in, got myself stretched out, warmed up, whatever it is before the match, I always like to find a spot where I can kind of separate myself from all the craziness and just put in headphones and listen to some music and just relax and zone out and just kind of whether it's just to get away from the excitement or the nerves, but just find a place to decompress and just get myself calm before the match that way. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys if you did that, because I know I do that also. And I like to kind of like zone in to my own little vibe instead of dealing with everyone else. But what about you guys, Britt and Eric, do you guys bring headphones or no? Uh, Sometimes I'll bring headphones. Typically I just try to like focus on like breathing. I don't know. No, <laughs> like that sometimes makes sense. I'll just kind of like take a couple deep breaths and like relax myself, but uh, headphones, not a ton. Yeah. I'll listen to music in the car on the way over to get pumped up. But once I get into a tournament or into a tournament grounds, I, I'm not typically a, a, mu- a music or headphones person. Yeah. I wonder also, I don't know if you feel this way, Kristen, but like um, tournaments can be so pretty social and I often have to draw the line between my social side and my competitive side. Yes. So like, there's a point where I want to turn off the social and it's like, don't talk to me. I'm getting my, my head ready and like, then go compete. And then like, after we're done, like I'm more than happy to be social after that, but it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Same. yeah. <laughs> I need my space before I'm going to go hit the court. Yeah. I like to just I mean, the last time I played a tournament was probably in Europe. So sometimes it would just be going forward. There's, I don't know how to explain it, but in Germany, there, I feel like all the clubs are like surrounded by wood. So sometimes you can just go for a walk in the trails a little bit and just get away and come back or just find a place away from the crowd. And then after the match, yeah, there's usually people are having lunch together or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, or a second coffee midday or whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. But after the match, yeah, then you kind of have that time frame where you can be a little bit more social before the next match is on schedule and then you got to go escape again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think bottom line is you kind of find out what works for you best. Like me and Eric are very similar. And I feel like you and Michelle and Kristen are very similar. So you just kind of find what puts you in the right mindset going into the match. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, quick little bag check question. Do you guys, if you're going into a tournament or even a league match, I'm curious about you guys, um, do you feel like you need fresh strings in every racket? Do you have all of your rackets restrung? Are they all restrung at the same tension? I mean, I assume they all are overgripped. Like Britt was talking about her pre-match the night before routine. I'm very similar where you're making sure everything's ready to go the second you pull it out. But what about stringing and your rackets? We'll start opposite direction. So Kristen? <laughs> uh, well, back when I was in Europe and playing tournaments more regularly, I was very superstitious about at least one racket in my bag had to be freshly strung. Even if I was playing a n- tournament one weekend and playing another tournament five days later, it was mm-hmm. like I was restringing a lot. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm a little bit more relaxed about it. I definitely want them to be on the fresher side, but I'm not quite as strict about it having to be restrung the night before. Um, uh, new overgrips, definitely. Probably both rackets are regripped every match. Um, but yeah. Nice. Eric, what about you? Um, so typically I'll just kind of play with the racket for a couple of days just to get like the feel of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll typically carry like two. If I'm carrying three, so two, I'll like string at the same tension and I'll play with one for like 
two days roughly, you know, just to get a feel of it. And I'm like, okay, like that's more than likely how the other one's going to play, you know? Um, but I bump them up like super high. <laughs> so like, I'll play one for a couple of days. And then like, if I happen to like break a string or like not like how the racket plays or like feel like it's launching on me, mm-hmm. then I'll just switch the other one and I'll be like, okay, like this one's strung at like 60 pounds. <laughs> so I could just like swing out and like, you know, go all or, you know, just swing for the fences and uh, have like total confidence in that. So that's how I typically will operate with that whole like stringing job and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then overgrips, I actually like to play with an overgrip like at least once. So I'll play with one like the day before and I'll be like, okay, like I have the feel for this. And I'll typically like, I'll typically keep it on um, unless like the next day it's like wet or like destroyed for some reason. <laughs> then I'll put an overgrip on. But other than that, yeah, that <laughs> I just sense. like the feel of it. Like it's familiar, you know, mm-hmm. I know how it's going to play. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. Break it in. <laughs> yeah, break it in. Gotta break it in. <laughs> Britt, what about y'all? Well, I am definitely the over-preparer. <laughs> um, I have like a checklist of everything that I will bring. <laughs> but as far as just rackets and strings, um, I typically have three rackets strong. And I actually don't like fresh strings, especially um, my string of choice is vocal cyclone. And I find it plays better like three, four days in. So I'll probably restring at the beginning of the week. Um, and then let the kind of the string bed settle. Um, so I'll have those three rackets strung up probably beginning of the week. And then as far as overgrips, I also don't really like overgrips. Um, I prefer to play without it. But, you know, if it's a hot, sweaty day or something's going on, I always do have like two or three in my bag that I can um, take out and put on whenever needed. If it's, you know, maybe the first match and then I need to put it on for the second match or something, they're there. But yeah. Typically, if it is, it's going to be a fresh overgrip for for the tournament. Nice. Now, I was curious if anyone has anything super unique, but like essential that you always have in your tennis bag that you need when you're competing. (laughs) Eric, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, I keep a notebook. I was hoping you would say that. Yes. (laughs) I like during doubles, I don't really because. I can just like talk to my partner about it, but mm-hmm. man, like, uh, like, like, like I can't play a match. Without it. Now, <laughs> how do you, ridiculous, but... do you look at it on changeovers? Are you writing oh. ever? Okay. Oh, all the time. Like <laughs> writing. <laughs> I have the whole like layout. So like the night before I'll write down some tidbits of like what I need to do and what I need to focus on. And then, like after the warm up, I'll go and like write my opponent's strengths, write write my write his weaknesses, and then kind of like write what how how I'm feeling. So like I'm hitting the ball well at this at this stroke or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like during the match, it's like a constant dialogue. Like <laughs> I bring it out during the changeover and just write, 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 write. And I'm like, <laughs> and like if I'm down in a hole, I'm just like, okay, like go to the notes. And like figure this out <laughs> nice. so it's just a constant like process for me yeah otherwise I just get way in my head and kind of like freak out and I'm like okay like relax just write everything down you can and try to figure this out and work through the match yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it's just a constant evolving of the uh, you know constant evolution of the match and just just a process, man. I, yeah, no, I love um, that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Eric and I have like some kindred things. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little excessive, but 
Hey, <laughs> whatever works, right? Exactly. That's what Britt was saying earlier. Mm. Whatever works for you. Um, Britt, do you have anything that's like essential that you have to have in your bag? Well, mine wasn't quite as extreme as a notebook, but I do have like, I kind of have a different variation of it. I do a note card. Mm-hmm. And so typically I write down about two to three things that I really want to focus on. Sometimes they're really simple, just like three words. Um, and sometimes they're maybe like, you know, just a couple of things that I'm working on. So I don't, when I'm playing a match, sometimes I tend to overthink. So I always like try to stay as keep it simple Mm -hmm. uh, is one of my philosophies. So I'll like pick up the card and I'll just see those three things, remind me of those three things. And then I'm kind of good to go with that. But I don't know if that's as cool as a notebook. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. We all can't write a book. Yeah. But Maybe then, that's what I need to do, though. Just simplify it. <laughs> but then, like, I always have, like, every, like, you can pretty much find anything you need in my bag. Like, I have extra, I have a first aid kit because there was one time I got blisters and I, I had to deal with that after the fact when if I had that first aid kit, I could have just busted it out and, mm-hmm. um, contacts I wear contacts uh funny I like lost my contact one time during the match I played with one contact in Uh, another thing which I kind of keep in the car and it's kind of silly but a foldable chair because sometimes the you know the places don't offer benches and it's nice to have that chair you know if it's a hot three-set match yeah so that's something I always keep in the car if needed, like I'm not bringing it out on every, every match, if there's a bench or anything, but that, that is about it. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, what about you? I can't think of anything super unique that I've had to have in my bag over the years, but the one addition that I need to have in my bag nowadays is a mini foam roller, just because I'm recovering from injury. And I, I was, I suffered from a bilateral quad strain. So I pulled the quads in both of my legs. Oh, very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a long recovery. Um, so I'm able to be back on court now, but at times I do feel tightness. So if I'm in the middle of a match, it's nice to have that little mini foam roller on me and I can make sure that my, my muscles stay loose during the match. So that's definitely helped a lot. Yeah, that's important too. And I guess we that kind of leads us into a post-match routine. We talked about pre-match. What does your post-match routine look like, especially if it's been a long day at the courts? You maybe you just got done playing three hours. It's hot. It's humid. Uh, everyone's going to dinner, but what does your routine look like? Are you stretching? Are you intentional about what you do right off the court? Or are you kind of like, okay, let's go hang out with the team kind of thing? Um, we'll start with Kristen. Well, for a long time, I wasn't doing anything after the match out here in Georgia, <laughs> which is probably why I got injured. So now after matches, I do try to stretch and, um, try to do my PT exercises in, in the evening. Um, and then just rehydrate as well. Those are probably the two key things. Nice. Eric, you're younger than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I, I cramp a lot. <laughs> so, um, it, I, I just, after a match, I have to eat a banana and like a cliff bar mm-hmm. or some like type of recovery. And then I just have to pound, I pound the water and stretch. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, really. I, I try to take it easy after a match, especially if I have another match coming up. So yeah, yeah, just really basic stuff, but I just have to 
pow, pow the water, pow the electrolytes, you know. No, that's good. So, yeah. Brett, what about you? <laughs> I mean, in the ide- in an ideal world, you know, you're cooling down, you're stretching. Like in my head, I, I definitely try to do that if I have time. I like to change out of my clothes, even take out a change out of my shoes, um, wear flip-flops, give my feet a little a little breath of fresh air. Um, and hydrate is for me, hydrate, get the electrolytes in. Um, that's probably my most important thing. And then, yeah, making sure, then kind of seeing when my next match is and kind of doing my next mental preparation for that. If it's only like in, you know, sometimes you literally have like less than an hour till your next right. match. So it's like, you don't maybe want to cool down too much, you know? So you're kind of trying to find your balance of what you think will work best in your situation. But yeah, definitely fresh pair of clothes for me is always a big thing. And um, yeah, getting a little, little cool down, even if it's just like a light jog around, you know, the courts and then you're ready to go. Nice. (laughs) And then that kind of leads me into another question. Favorite on court snacks? Because First of all, tennis players love to snack. Second of all, <laughs> if you're going to be having long matches and a day of playing, you know you're coming prepared with all the snacks. So what do you have in your bag to snack on, on the court, off the court, all of the, what do you mean? Like, what do you use for energy? What do you use for sustenance? Eric, we'll start with you this time. Um, let's see. So typically, like, I'll just have, like, a banana or an apple. There was one summer where... I felt like I was kind of like, I was like on the changeover, like, like just writing down everything in my notebook or whatever. And then I was just like munching on this apple, like super fast. And it, I probably looked ridiculous, but it just that for some reason, I know it's my tongue, but like the crunch from the apple, like gets me in like a zone. I don't know why. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, something about it. It's like intense, I guess. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Nice. <laughs> I'm getting a lot. I feel like we need a, a psychologist uh, to yeah, I mean, You could dive in, <laughs> and it would be interesting. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man, the crunch of the apple. <laughs> Britt, what about you? What are you crunching uh, on? <laughs> uh, I like to have a variety of things. I'll definitely have a couple bananas in there. Um, a couple protein bars. And then another thing that I um, like to have, like when I'm in the middle of a match is I'm going to butcher the name, but they're like cliff blocks. Mm-hmm. They're like kind of like little chews. Uh, my favorite flavor is the margarita. It is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but normally I'll, you know, it's, it's easy to nice and pop in your mouth and um, drink it with some water. And I feel like it kind of gives me a little burst of energy or at least mentally gives me a burst of energy. Yeah. Um, a little pick me up, if you will. Try not to eat too much during during a match or um, but definitely if it's hot, you know, maybe a couple bites of banana here and there. And um, but yeah, I like to have a variety. So if I need if I need a little bit of bite of protein bar, it's there. If I need a little pick me up of sugar, it's there too. So <laughs> nice. Um, kind of a, a mix of everything. Nice. Kristen, what about y'all? Um, well, I'm a lover of carbs. So pre-match and night before, it's no issue for me to load up on all the carbs that I can get. <laughs> and then day of the match in my bag, pretty much the two staples are banana and some sort of energy bar or protein bar. Those are pretty much the ones I always have in my bag. Nice. 
A couple more questions for you guys. Uh, this, I feel like, is an age-old question. Serve or receive? Receive. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and why? I feel like people debate this, but, and why? Well, for me, it's pure fact that my return for, I think, is better than my serve. So, I mean, you can look at it strategic, strategically, too, if you want to try to get ahead and get the break right away in the match, if you think your opponent's nervous and might be a little tight on serve. But, um I mean, probably I do that because of me too. Like I'll know I'll be a little bit tight on serve if I start with serving, whereas returning, I just have more confidence in my return. So it's just easier for me to start swinging and, and get any nerves out when I'm returning serve. Nice. Eric, what about you? Uh, yeah, same for me, return for sure. Um, I feel like <laughs> I always get broken the first game. Like it's inevitable. <laughs> always. So yeah, <laughs> return. Just try to mentally focus and get into points, you know, like again, try to almost like exhaust myself. In a way. So <laughs> yeah. Work my way in. <laughs> yeah. And Britt? <laughs> I'm continuing the trend and return. <laughs> uh, same with Kristen. My return is definitely stronger than my serve. And I always feel like um, I might be a little, you know, sometimes you're a little bit slow starting and definitely my serve can be the, the last thing that I feel like finally warms up. So if I have, you know, one game to, to get into it already, then you know, again, the maybe a little lose a little bit of the nerves, and then um, maybe start with the breaks. So, or I mean, yeah, start with the breaks. So, yeah, definitely always return. Yeah, and I'll make it unanimous. I'm also always returning. <laughs> so it's funny. There are a couple people, at least around here, that will not choose to return. And it, when they like either win or lose the toss, they assume that you're going to serve. And it's like, no, you take the balls. I don't want it. I like the people that choose the side first. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, you're trying to get my head, but I'm going to beat you to it. So now I'm going to return and serve my first time, not on the sunny In side. The so that's what it. I was going to say to you. Like, how do you deal or do you decide, like, let's say you, you lost the toss and you have to serve. Are you serving in the sun? Like if you pick side, are you choosing to serve in the sun first or like, I don't know, because I can, I can debate it different ways because I'm like, okay, I'm going to serve in the sun, potentially hold, and then they have to serve in the sun. I could potentially break, but what sunny or shade? I mean, that's silly. Obviously, everyone's going to pick the shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll counter that and why I would choose the shade first, because again, like I said, I might be, you know, serving is maybe a little bit slower start. So if I can give myself the best advantage to hold to start, I'm going to do that. And then I'll be ready to break them on the, the shady side. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Michelle, I'm actually right there with you with the sun. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> For almost the same reason. Right? I'm like, all right, like, first game like I'll serve like let's do it let's go for it yeah, and then the yeah. next time I'm like now nah, they have to serve in the sun huh? <laughs> and you already know what to expect in the sun yeah so yeah thank you Eric thanks for getting me <laughs> I get the whole crunch thing too so. <laughs> oh man um what about adjusting depending on weather do you guys like consciously adjust let's say it's going to be insanely hot versus it's going to be so foggy and maybe start raining kind of thing are you thinking about that and changing the way you play it depending on these situations or are you going to go out there and kind of play game plan a 
And then if the ball is really slow because it's super foggy and dense, then maybe you change your game plan. Eric, I'll start with you on that question. Yeah, I mean, if it's really hot, I'm just like, okay, let's stay out here for like six hours <laughs> and play like a three-set match. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Like, survival of the fittest. Right? Okay. <laughs> so that's kind of my gameplay. Like, I just sit like 20 feet behind the baseline and grind it out. <laughs> nice. Um, if it's colder, uh, I try to play with like a little bit more like feel. So I'll try to like hit more drop shots, like come to net because the ball is a little bit deader. So I don't know. I just try to like shorten up points a little bit more and like, yeah, that's a tough one. But I mean, I love playing in the heat. <laughs> we so, get a lot of it here in Atlanta. So we're used to that. That's yeah. pretty much 90% of the time we're playing in heat. So. Heat yeah, and humidity. Heat, yeah. Humidity, give me it all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, Britt, I know you grew up with more heat than humidity. Uh, do, you, do you change your game plan depending on what the weather's like or you just go straight into the match? Yeah. Growing up in high heat for most of the year, uh, I love playing in heat too. So I always yeah. have that mindset of, look, I, if I'm going somewhere else to play a match or, if, you know, I'm playing a match in down in the desert, it's like, I'm ready for the heat. I feel prepared. And, um, it doesn't bother me as much. I was like, maybe coal will be a little bit tougher for me. So with that one, I just try to make sure I'm really warmed up before I play and I'm not coming in a little cold, but otherwise for my game plan, I'm not really changing anything. Probably the only time weather I would change would be wind. Um, and I probably am alone in this, but I love playing in the wind <laughs> because I feel like everyone hates playing in the wind and it's something you can't control. And I, I'm sure I've told this like three, this story three times, but, um, it's just something that I know everyone hates playing in. So it's like, if I can't control, if neither of us can control it, I try to make the best out of it. And there's definitely, you know, different strategies when you go into the wind, especially depending on where the wind's blowing. Um, but I try to just, again, my keep it simple. And um, I'm more, I like to play a lot of balls. And so just frustrate my opponent a little bit and have them hit out on it and let them be affected by the wind. So really, I think it's all, it comes down to mental at, at any, any type of weather. It's how you make it. Yeah. I actually have another question that's kind of along the same lines. And I feel like there's different ways of going about this, but I'm not sure if it's just me. So <laughs> I feel like there's the player that goes into a match and always goes to game plan A. And that's going to be me. <laughs> I always am going to play the way I want to play. And that's how I start my match. But then there's the player who has kind of maybe seen previous matches or has done a little bit of homework on the player or they can tell in the warm-up what's working for the other person and not working for the other person and they kind of go straight into game plan b and like try to attack um, their opponent's weaknesses so do you guys have one way that you like to start and if you start with game plan a how do you know when you need to turn it off and like abort mission <laughs> let's start game plan b so i'm gonna start with Kristen on this one um yeah i think if you're playing a new opponent you just go in and start playing and probably i'm not really thinking about it at first i'm just getting out nerves and just seeing how the flow of the match is going and then i just study my opponent as i'm going along and just try to adjust my game as i go but it's funny that now you, you bring that up because i'm thinking about someone who i have to play now again in a flex league who i played before <laughs> and we had a really long three-hour match and so while you were asking that question i'm thinking about okay what do i need to do this time to go yes. in <laughs> to make it not a three-hour match i want it so i still want 
to win it, but shorter. <laughs> so yeah, I would probably go in and, and change up my game plan because I was kind of playing into her game and just getting into these really long rallies. So I think next time when I go in, I have to um, like try to get to net more, mm-hmm. switch it up with some spin and change my game plan a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Eric, what about you? Um, typically I won't do a lot of homework on my opponent. Actually. I, I hate, I hate it. I hate it. Exactly. My coaches used to make me scout and I was like, no, I don't want to watch. No. Exactly. <laughs> Go in blood. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, hate same. it. Cause then I start overthinking. <laughs> yeah. And then exactly. it's like, Oh, like, Oh man. And I just feel, I feel like the pressure just builds. <laughs> or like their backhand sucked when you watch them and then they come out hitting backhand. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, it's like, it varies so much like every day, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. person could be playing not great one day and the next day they go off, you know, it's, just, exactly. it's how it is. But yeah, like I'll just go in plan a typically. And, you know, as I said, like I'll write down some stuff, but typically I'll just go in like, take my time, focus on what I can control and then I'll like evolve during the match. But other than that, I just go in kind of just what I can control. And that's all all it comes down to really. (laughs) And then we'll go to Bray. It looks based on her face. (laughs) It looks like she likes to scout and do her research. Um, A little bit. Again, the the over-prepared one. But I think I'm somewhere in between game plan A and B, A, A, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely always want to start off playing my game style and my strengths. And then if I do know maybe their forehand's a little bit weaker, you know, something maybe something not too big, I won't focus on, but oh, maybe they tend to miss a little bit more on their forehand. I'll slightly adjust my game to um, reflect that, but I'm always the one thinking on core. I'm like, okay, if that doesn't work, you know, the first couple of times, then, you know, it, it's constantly evolving. And I feel like I have like five different game plans no, that's in my fine. head. Yeah. I, um, and so like, you know, if, if my first isn't working out, you know, it also depends on the player. Like sometimes, you know, how you match up against someone. I'm not going to be the over-aggressive one when I'm playing Michelle because Michelle is clearly <laughs> going to out-hit me off the court. So I have to figure out a way to do my game plan B, which is probably more of a, a grinding style but then at the same time in that match, I'm still trying to get to my, my strongest style of tennis. So then I'll be like, okay, I'll grind out a couple points and then maybe start to try to step in a little bit more and try to get back into whatever is working the best. You know, sometimes it's, you know, just getting a ton of balls back. And, and that's sometimes good for your mental too, just to keep yourself in the match and not let it get away from you too quickly. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Well, I have one more question and then I'll open it up to anything else you guys want to add, but handling a bad loss. And I think luckily as adults, it's probably easier (laughs) than when we were younger. And when you're on a team, sometimes it can be easier, but sometimes it still kind of just sucks and it stings. And how do you guys handle a bad loss and bounce back, especially if it's like a team situation or especially if maybe you have to play another match. Um, Eric, you can lead us off because you're the most, I mean, everyone in this podcast is super positive, but I know Eric's going to say something very like positive and inspiring. Oh, hopefully. (laughs) No pressure. He's like, I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just laughing. Go break my Um, rackets. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) this is what the, I, 
struggled with like in college actually like handling losses because mm-hmm. I don't know I guess I was one of those players where like if I lost the team lost I don't know like I, I just felt bad for like not contributing to my team so that was one thing like oh that was hard for me to try to get over um but as I kind of got older and progressed and whatever and now just playing like league matches and stuff like every loss I have I take it as like a learning opportunity I'm just like okay like I lost, no big deal. Like, let's think about the match, figure out what I did wrong, where I can improve, and then like, let's get better. You know, like, let's go to the, let's go grind. <laughs> so that was just one thing, like for me, like, I mean, I always want to try to get better. And for me, like, it's really awesome. Like, if you can play against better players and you lose, it's like, okay, like he exposed my weaknesses. Now I know what I need to work on. So yeah, <laughs> just, nice. it's all learning experience, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kristen, what about you? Um, well, I think in the past, it would kind of depend on the type of loss because I've had matches where I played super smart and was playing always the right ball and it just didn't fall my way. And then there's mm-hmm. other matches where they just stuck in my head <laughs> for so long because it's like, what was I doing? Or it just got away from you too quickly and you couldn't adjust in time and those are always tough to just mentally get past and just try to put it in the past and move on to the next one. But um, nowadays I feel like when I have a loss, I'm just motivated to get back on the court and play the next match just because I love competing so much. So if anything, it's just, yeah, part of it (laughs) Get out there and try again. So yeah. Nice. And Brett, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of a mix of every, everything they just said, it depends on the loss. Like if it's a heartbreaker, it's seven, six in the third, you maybe had match points or something, you know, it definitely hurts even, even now, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in juniors, but probably my thing. It, and if I have to play, let's say a match right after doubles or something, I normally take about 10 minutes to myself. I'll go off, you know, just kind of deep breaths and kind of, you can think about the match, but also just think about kind of, I like to try to, clean slate it for the next one like hey that match is over nothing I can do about it now um then move on for you know try to have a good mental going into the next match now if it's like at the end of the day and I've had this tough match a bubble bath always seems to help (laughs) (laughs) Um, take or even just like a hot shower just something for me to just unwind let it out and you know start fresh for the next day but yeah, as as I get older and maybe, you know, matches, doubles matches are more fun. You know, it's the if you lose, you just kind of be like, look, I'm out here playing. This is what I love to do. And you just kind of have to have a, a mindset of, hey, it sucks. I lost. But you know what? I get another chance tomorrow. Or I get another chance in an hour. Let's make the best of it. Yeah. For sure. I was going to say, I think uh, personally, I don't handle losses very well, but now as an adult, it's fun to kind of, if you're with a group of people or people came to support you or you have a team, just go out afterwards, whether it's grabbing dinner or a drink. And us tennis players, we love to like overanalyze everything. (laughs) So as silly as it sounds, sometimes just that overanalyzation can be fun because it's like, oh my God. And did you remember at five, three, like she called that serve out, but that was, you know, like that kind of thing. It hit the net and rolled over. (laughs) Sometimes you just need a good vent session and like get it out. And then if you're with people that, you know, kind of are on the same page as you, they get it and yeah, it's kind of nice. Support, yeah. Yeah. That's the best. Right? 
I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, so fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, and I'm sure with you guys, with your leagues, I, I think that's so fun because it's like the post match stuff is like probably just as fun as like the competing, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. about matches too, is like, yeah. especially when your opponent, I know it sounds crazy, but like when your opponent plays unreal, you're just like, how insane is that guy playing? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. for, I love that. It's like so fun to like talk about stuff. Totally. <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> probably more fun when you win and you yeah. get to talk yeah. about all the amazing shots you yeah. that's yeah. also really fun yeah, true, true. <laughs> the, the post-match yeah. victory yeah that's always always a lot of fun um anything else you guys feel like we should add to this podcast we like did all of the preparedness but did we miss anything uh i guess i have like a recommendation yeah for, let's like, hear it improvement so I don't know, like I've always been told, like play people who are like way better than you and you're naturally going to get better. So like way back in high school, like our coach would preach or whatever about um, like, all right, like no matter who it is, like just go out and play someone who's better than you. It doesn't matter if you get <laughs> like destroyed, you know, it's like just like it because it exposes like your weaknesses and stuff and I've definitely like taking that to heart and like I try to play like the best players I can play like mm-hmm. no matter who it is so I can like try to get better and like continue to fine to my game and like get better so I don't know like some people are a little bit afraid of that because they're afraid of losing but once you can kind of get past that like mindset and you're like all right like it's all about practice it's all about getting better like no matter what the result I don't know that's just like a little tidbit from me and yeah <laughs> try it out <laughs> <laughs> try it out um, I think also being intentional about what you're practicing. Um, a lot of times we mention playing lots of sets, but if you're kind of just going through the motions, it's not going to be as um, helpful. But if you're going into a set saying, okay, I really want to work on um you know, attacking my forehand off the serve kind of thing, like just kind of having an intention as you practice. Obviously, that sounds very obvious, but I think a lot of times we're not as intentional. It's like, oh, you just spent an hour on the court. It's like, what did you work on? <laughs> but that's Quality just me. over quantity sometimes. Totally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. My one tidbit that I just thought of was when we were talking about the preparation the week before mm-hmm. or even like two weeks before. I would also like to say maybe do a little bit of tapering right before don't try to play like a three hour match the day before and then do a big workout, you know, that morning. And, you know, I like to maybe like if you're playing on Saturday morning, Wednesday's your last good, you know, intense hit Thursday, maybe you are doing a a match, but it's only one set or it's a controlled Mm -hmm. set. And then Friday's more of a controlled hit. Maybe your last like gym workouts on Tuesday or something, but definitely tapering. Don't go in going up because I just feel like that could be uh, you could get injured or just your body's maybe a little burned out going into it you want to be feeling nice and fresh going into the to a match or tournament for sure yeah good advice Kristen anything else I mean the only thing on my mind is that if you're playing a match and you pull one leg you should stop playing (laughs) 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 because I played on and then even though I could barely walk on the one leg it started yeah I thought it was getting better so I kept on playing and I pulled the other one so yeah it's no I think that is important to note actually especially not to 
we've got one young in here, but especially like <laughs> some of us were not getting any younger <laughs> and we all like kind of assume that our bodies are operating the same way it was in our twenties. And yeah. if you do feel like you've pulled something and it's not working, it could also like start your body always is overcompensating for an injury. So you don't want to pull both legs. (laughs) Exactly. And you can injure yourself. And what happened with me, it can start to feel better, but it's still really, it's still actually injured. And so you just end up injuring it worse and end up having to sit out longer than you might have if you stopped and just focused on immediate recovery. So yeah, which, yeah, hopefully it sounds like you're back at it though. Yes. Slowly getting back out there, not singles yet, but doubles. And I think within the next week I'll be back in singles action as well. So yeah. Cool. Anything else, you guys? Eric and I are going to do a one-on-one on anyone else that <laughs> suffers from mental psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down. But you know there are other people out there like us. Oh, oh, <laughs> try crunching on an it. apple now. I know. I'm never going <laughs> to see an apple the same way. I'm going to be like, crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something about Attack. it. Move forward. Move your feet. <laughs> Well, maybe that's your, it's your alternative to music. You don't need music because you have the crunch of the apple. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It kind of like wakes you up and like, you know, keeps me in the zone. (laughs) And and like, I feel Uh, like it also quiets like the other mess. (laughs) Something about it. There's There's something about it. Try it out. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for joining and anyone listening. If you have further questions about being prepared for your matches or if you have any questions for any of these play testers or any questions whatsoever, feel free to email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. And we would love to hear how you guys are preparing and if you have anything to add to the conversation. So let us know. And until next time, happy hitting. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Until next time, go crunch on an apple. <laughs> I often explain that at some point. You explained it pretty well. Uh, yeah. There, there's something about it, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs>